Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by my friends over at ChopC60.com. If you haven't heard of Carbon 60 or otherwise called C60 before, it is a powerful Nobel Prize winning antioxidant that helps to optimize mitochondrial function, fights inflammation, and neutralizes toxic free radicals. I'm a huge fan of using C60 in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle to support your immune system, help your body detox, and increase energy and mental clarity. If you are over the age of 40 and you'd like to kick fatigue and brain fog to the curb this year, visit shopc60.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS for 15% off your first order and start taking back control over your health today. The products I use, I use their C60 in organic MCT coconut oil. They have it in various different flavors. They also have sugar-free gummies that are made with allulose and monk fruit. They also have carbon 60 and organic avocado and extra virgin olive oil. When it's combined with these fats, it absorbs more effectively. And carbon 60 is great as a natural energizing tool because it really helps your mitochondria optimize your energy production. Now, if you take it late at night, for some individuals, it may seem a little bit stimulating. So that's why we recommend taking it earlier in the day, and it will give you that great energy, that great great mental clarity that you want all day long. It will help reduce the effects of oxidative stress and aging and really help you thrive. So again, guys, go to shopc60.com, use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off your first order and start taking back control of your health today. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We have got some great questions here for our monthly Q and A. Uh, we've got great question on intermittent fasting for postmenopausal women. We're going to talk about food sensitivities and if they can cause insulin resistance or not. Uh, a common question I'm getting also is anti nutrients and vegetables. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about migraines. We're going to talk about sugar alcohols, and we're going to talk about products to support earthing or grounding, which is very beneficial for the body. So we're going to go through all of that. And I also wanted to mention that this month is the 10-year anniversary for drjockers.com. So I officially started drjockers.com LLC in February of 2014. So I actually started my clinical practice, which uh, still exists. It's in Kennesaw, Georgia. I no longer own it and I no longer see clients, but it's there. It's Exodus Health Center. I started that in March of 2009 is when we opened the doors and uh, I worked really hard and created a very successful clinic there. Uh, many of you guys have heard my story about all of that. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed all along, I was creating health content. So I was writing articles for many other websites, some that you may have heard of, Green Med Info and um, Natural News, Natural Health 365, Dr. Mercola. Um, and I was creating content for these other websites. And I was getting traction because 
they would have my bio on there and people saw that I had a clinic and that I did long distance consults. And so I was working with people all over the world that were reading my articles, getting getting benefit from them. And I also found that creating the content was helping me because in my clinic, my clinic was very busy. Um, I mean, I was I was seeing a lot of patients and people had a lot of the same questions. They would say, what do I do for my thyroid? What do I do for, you know, how do I lose 10 pounds in the next month? And we would do, I would do a lots of, of workshops and classes. I mean, I, I was doing one every week uh, on a number of different topics, how to sleep better, how to lose weight, all of these kinds of things. But I constantly got questions and I was trying to obviously move from patient to patient fairly quickly. And I found that if I had a professionally published article, really well, you know, well done, in-depth article, I would just send them the article. I say, you know what? That's a great question. And I would have my front desk person, I would, you know, let them know, hey, can you send Brittany the article on hypothyroidism or on Graves disease or on scleroderma or on, you know, whatever the tinnitus, whatever the major health question was. And the, the my patients loved it. And so they loved these professionally written articles. They loved the the depth of them. They loved learning the information and they would share it with other people. So they shared it with um you know their friends their family members and more people started following me because of that and so i found that it was you know it was a great in a sense a uh, exposure tool marketing tool for my business and then obviously it was really providing my patients the kind of depth that would have been really hard to go through you know in a, in a short patient visit when i was adjusting their their spine you know as a chiropractor or you know doing something else and they many times they had many questions and so we'd send them multiple articles and that would give them a lot of depth and then they can ask more specific questions from there and i found that it was just a really helpful tool to serve my patients and then you know the 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 additional benefit was that it was it was marketing and um and so i i really enjoyed this process of creating content and i realized I really need to just create my own website. And I was very nervous about that because I am not tech savvy. And so uh, tech does not come naturally to me, but I, I ended up hiring. It was actually a patient of mine. She taught me how to use WordPress and how to kind of create articles. And I had a radio show in Atlanta at the time. And I decided, you know what? The radio show, I didn't feel like I was getting a lot of traction from. And so I I reinvested my funds and I hired a graphic designer, full-time graphic designer who still works for me, Steven. And uh, we just started creating content. I would give him information to create infographics and banners and things like that while I was you know, busy writing articles. And we just started creating content. And as a business, you know, it was in a sense, it was a slow growth. You know, it was slow growth. In fact, I didn't take any money and no salary from drjockers.com. I just in, reinvested into the business into getting other great team members and into purchasing inventory, supplement inventory. Um, you know, I never took a loan. I started this business on my own, on my own cash, my own money. Um, unlike my my clinic, I didn't have any money. So I um, started that on loans on credit cards and actually slept in the clinic for two years, actually uh, showered across the street while I was paying off student loans and paying off business loans and things like that. But that was back when I was young and single, 27 years old, starting that business. I was, you know, a little bit more seasoned when I started drjockers.com. I was 32 at the time. Um, I also met my wife that year, met her in July. We ended up getting married the following March. 
Um, and so a lot of transitions were taking place in my life. Um, and, but I started it on my own dollar and I was living off of my, my salary for my clinic. And I ended up, you know, I didn't take any money, no salary or anything until 2018. And so roughly, you know, four, four years. And by 2019, it was just, you know, the, uh, really 2018, 2019 were, were amazing years for drjockers.com, amazing growth. And, um, you know, it's just continued to grow from there and, uh, you know, just being able to influence millions of people, you know, we've had over 50 million people come to drjockers.com. I think we've had over 20 million views on YouTube. The podcast that you're listening to right now is I started my YouTube back in 2014 as well. So it's been 10 years on YouTube. So 20 million views, pretty, pretty great. You know, 2 million average of 2 million a year. And then the podcast started in 2020. And um, we have had, so almost four years, we've had over 3 million downloads on the podcast. We're consistently averaging at this point, 120 to 150,000 downloads a month on the podcast, which is amazing. I mean, if you get over 100,000 downloads on a podcast, I mean, you're in the top 1% of all podcasts. So, you know, it's just been, it's it's been a great ride. And, and my passion has been to really try to provide the best natural health information and and do it in a way that provides a great learning experience. And so for me, I really like infographics. That's why we have so many on our blog. I love that. I'm a very visual learner. So, you know, even as I'm I'm communicating health messages, I'm constantly seeing pictures in my head as I'm communicating. And so we try to do that with with YouTube as well. When I make a video, I like to have a lot of infographics popping up. You may have noticed that if you watch um, videos on on YouTube, my videos will have a lot of infographics popping up there as I'm talking. And um, with the podcast, obviously, we don't have the visual, but I try to explain things in such a way that breaks things down to where you can you can actually visualize different physiological mechanisms and get a decent and accurate picture in your head of what's happening in our body. So that's really been my passion and my mission. And uh, it's been great to see how many people I've been able to influence. My team has been able to influence. And I just found, you know, I enjoyed working one-on-one with clients. And I did that for uh, 12, about 12 years. I ended up selling my clinic in 2020. And um, so I did that from 2000, early 2009, when I opened my clinic to 2020. And, I, you know, I went part-time in my clinic for, a, for yeah, after about five years. So I was full-time five years part-time five years as I was building drjockers.com and really enjoyed the intimacy of working one-on-one with clients, but it was also very stressful, very demanding. And, um, you know, having a, a busy family like I do, uh, it's been it's been really nice being able to work from home and create my own hours with drjockers.com and work on things that are really creative focused. And that's been a passion of mine. And when I was seeing clients, I realized I just am more passionate about creating really good health content. And I can actually reach more people and influence more lives by creating great, the world's best natural health content. And that was really the the transition that I took. And that was the the leading that God gave me. You know, God just put it on my heart that I needed to move into creating content full time. And that's what I eventually did. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really been a blessing. And so I just feel so blessed to be in this position now, 10 years seeing the business doing amazing and uh, being able to influence and impact so many people's lives 
all around the world. And if you're listening to this, I just thank you for being a part of part of this community, this natural health community. And um, I thank you for trusting me as a health influencer, one of the health influencers that helps provide education, helps speak into your life. Um, that's a great blessing and a great honor. I don't, I don't take that for granted. No, there's many voices that you could listen to. And I covet your attention and I am very respectful of that. And I want to provide really great content that adds value to your life. And so with that said, I just do, do want to mention I have a product sale, 10-year anniversary product sale. So before we get into these questions, the coupon code, if you want to get any supplements at a discount off my store, we've got some great products. Obviously, drjockers.com products. We also have Cellcore, Microbiome Labs. We have Healthy Gut. We have Ancient Nutrition. We have a ton of different brands on my on my online store that you can take advantage of. Just check it out. You know, Go to drjockers.com, click on the store tab. We have a 20% discount. The code is 10, the, the number, one zero, and then it's years, right? All one word, 10 years, one word. So just type that in as a coupon code. That will get you 20% off any orders that you make. So check that out on, on the store on drjockers.com. And with that said, let's jump into some of these questions. So Anne on our website, she says, what's your opinion on intermittent fasting for postmenopausal women? It's a great question. There's a way that we go about intermittent fasting for women that are menstruating. Women that are menstruating, I've done many other podcasts on this where I've gone through this in Q&As. Typically for menstruating females last week before their cycle, we do not do intermittent fasting, at least not intensive intermittent fasting. 12 to 14 hours overnight, I think is great. Um, but they, we want them to eat in roughly a 10 to maybe 12 hour eating window, eat more calories during that period of time, um, more carbohydrates. That's really the most important thing. And then also right around ovulation, which is day 14, so roughly day 12 to 15 or so, we also want them, won't have them do any sort of more intensive intermittent fasting. Other than that, like day one through 10, one through 12 of the menstrual cycle, right after a woman starts menstruating, can be a great time to do intermittent fasting or even like a three or four, you know three day fast or partial fast, like a bone broth fast or fasting mimicking diet. That's a great time because <clears throat> the body's more able to accept and handle. It doesn't need as much progesterone, estrogen. And uh, so stress on the system of not eating any food, higher cortisol, isn't going to impact those sex hormones in the same way that it would if you fasted the last week before menstruation. So I go through that again in a lot of detail. There's blogs on it, drjockers.com, other podcasts that you can look at that have information on that. When we look at a postmenopausal woman, obviously a postmenopausal woman's not going through the same hormonal flux that a, men that a menstruating female is. And so my opinion on intermittent fasting for postmenopausal women is I'm a huge, huge advocate of it. I think it really helps with reducing inflammation, improving perhaps you know any kind of menopausal symptoms and um, supporting fat burning, supporting cellular healing and reducing overall inflammation. And that obviously slows down the aging process. But when you're doing intermittent fasting for a postmenopausal woman, I would recommend consuming your food in roughly a six to eight hour eating window. So let's say from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I would recommend two to three meals and making sure that you're getting, you know, 30 to 50 grams of protein in each of those meals. 
Roughly about 100 grams of protein in a day is what I recommend for a postmenopausal woman. Trying to get about 100 grams of protein in a day. So if you're doing three meals, that's you know 30 or 35 grams of protein in a meal. If you're doing two meals, you're doing 50 grams of protein in each meal. Making sure you're getting healthy fats on board. Okay, depending on how well you metabolize fats, you know, typically I'm recommending 15 to 30 grams of healthy fats per meal. If you can handle larger meals and handle larger amounts of fat, you can do a little bit more than 30 grams, but try and in the beginning, start staying between that range and just see how your body feels with, with that level of fat. Because really that's the key is just making sure you're digesting it well. It's not causing overall, it's not overloading your system with stress. A lot of people have sluggish, congested bile ducts. They're not releasing bile in the way that they need to in order to break down and emulsify the fats and therefore they feel nauseous, they have diarrhea, constipation, they have a lot of unwanted symptoms, itching, which we call pruritus if they're not getting enough bile flow. And so, you know, kind of tailoring your fats, trying to get 15 to 30 grams, something in that range, and then seeing how you do with that. And you can always increase from there. Most people will do fine with that, at least I guess you could say at the uh, lowest 15 grams, and that will help stabilize your blood sugar in those meals. So I think that's key. Hydrating well outside of meal times super important. But I think really m- just about all postmenopausal women should be doing some level of intermittent fasting. Now you don't necessarily need to do that every day. If you feel good with it doing it every day, I think that's wonderful. I think you're going to get better results. But even just doing it, let's say three days a week, every other day. Um, doing a 16-hour fast, and then maybe the the off days doing a 12 to 14-hour fast. That will still get you great benefits as well. So again, this isn't something you necessarily need to do every day, although I personally do, and, I, and a lot of people are getting great results, are doing some level of intermittent fasting every day. You also have to look at your stress levels because if you are under a lot of stress, you may not, it, it may overload your system if you're also tightening your eating window. So that can also be an issue. So if you're under a lot of stress, you didn't sleep well, that may be a time where you may not, you may back down a little bit on the intermittent fasting. So there's a lot of uh, nuances that go into it, but I think that's a helpful start. Let's see, JW on YouTube says, can food sensitivities cause insulin resistance? It's a great question. And the, tr- and the answer is yes. You might even be eating a low carb diet and still be struggling with insulin resistance. And the reason why is because you have a food sensitivity. Let's say you're sensitive to dairy, which is not uncommon, or eggs, and you're consuming dairy and eggs, whatever your sensitivity is on a regular basis, that's driving up inflammation in your body. And that inflammation is going to impact your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity. And so it's very important to observe how your body's responding to the food that you're consuming. For example, if you eat food and then you feel tired or you have more cravings, even though you've eaten kind of a healthy macronutrient range, eating the the protein levels I recommend, 30 to 50 grams, getting the fats in there, but you feel exhausted, you feel perhaps you have cravings, and it could be just one of these symptoms, that's a sign that you're probably driving up more inflammation, more stress hormones are coming out when you're consuming that food. Maybe you're clearing your throat. Maybe you have acid reflux after you eat or you have to clear your throat a lot. That could be a sign. Your body's producing more mucus. You've got either acid reflux or silent reflux, which is really common. So if you have to clear your throat a lot, that can be a sign of silent reflux where you don't notice burning, but you've got acid jumping up into your esophagus. You don't notice it as pain 
you just notice that you've got to clear your throat a lot. And that's because your body is producing more mucus to protect the esophagus from that acid. So that's a sign there. So anyways, all that to say that, um, you know, if there's anything you just don't feel good when you're consuming, I would recommend avoiding or, or at least reducing your exposure to that because that is driving up inflammation. And it's many cases that could cause higher blood sugar and could cause insulin resistance. So there is a connection to food sensitivities and insulin resistance. And if you're doing, if you're eating well, you know, like a, like the sort of nutrition plan I recommend, you're exercising, you're doing your best to try to sleep well, and you're still struggling with insulin resistance, then we really have to look at food sensitivities and, and consider how our body's responding to the unique, you know, a unique immune response to certain types of foods. Great question. Lucky says on YouTube, what are your thoughts on anti-nutrients in vegetables? And there's a lot of talk about this in our society. There's, and there are anti-nutrients in vegetables. These are plant defense chemicals that protect the plant. They protect the plant from pathogens, from oftentimes geographical stressors like heat, cold, things like that. And then also from predators. These anti-nutrients are things like lectins, enzyme inhibitors like uh, tyrosine kinase enzyme inhibitors. There are phytates, which bind to major minerals. There are oxalates, which are like little crystals, plant, plant defense chemicals that are associated with things like kidney stones. And so there are a number of different plant defense chemicals, and we find them in green leafy vegetables, in nuts, seeds, legumes, you know, things like chocolate. Have many of these plant defense chemicals, soybeans. So what are my thoughts on it? My thoughts are the are this that if your gut is very compromised, you may have more trouble with these defense chemicals. However, if we have a healthy stress resilient gut, the body can respond really, really well. Actually, it helps prime it. It's like a stressor. It's like a hormetic stressor on the gut that actually can make the gut stronger and healthier. And I think it's kind of like a bell curve, meaning that on one side of the bell curve, on kind of the extreme outlier side, you have a percentage of the population that needs to remove, significantly reduce all plants, if not remove them. And these are people that do really thrive on a carnivore style diet um, because their gut is compromised and they need to remove these plant defense chemicals. On the other side, you've got people that have incredibly stress resilient gut lining and microbiome, and they have different types of bacteria for example, there's a type of bacteria, Oxalobacter firminges, which actually eats oxalates, right? So there's a bacteria that eats oxalates and it produces postbiotic anti-inflammatory nutrients, short chain fatty acids and B vitamins from the oxalates. And so if we have adequate levels of that and other bacteria that eat plant defense chemicals and really good enzyme production, then in digest, overall digestive juice production, then that individual may thrive on a lot of plant foods, lots of high fiber plant foods. And then most of us are somewhere in the middle and we may, our system may drift a little bit more towards, hey, less plant defense chemicals or a little bit more towards, hey, more plant defense chemicals. And so, but most of us are kind of in that middle of that bell curve where we can handle a certain amount. And that I think that's really the key is understanding your threshold level of fiber. Cause you know, we hear about fiber being great, but some people get really bloated when they consume fibrous veggies, cruciferous veggies, even ones that are low oxalate, like broccoli, low oxalates, low in lectins, but it also has a highly fermentable fiber. And that high fermentation, if that individual has bacterial overgrowth, 
or a reduction in digestive enzyme production may cause unwanted symptoms, gas, bloating, things like that. So it's kind of understanding your threshold level, I think is really the key. I don't think that across the board, every single person responds poorly to just because they are anti-nutrients means that they're bad. Oftentimes these things have a hormetic stress effect. For example, compound sulforaphane that's in uh, your cruciferous vegetables, that actually is a stressor in the system, but it actually activates something called the antioxidant response enzyme and the NRF2 pathway, which which actually helps strengthen endogenous antioxidant production and strengthens the overall security of the cell, right? So it actually improves the cell's stress resilience. And that's because it's a hormetic stressor. And I think consuming a certain amount of these plant defense chemicals actually helps prime the cellular resilience, the mitochondrial resilience and the gut microbiome to be stronger and more stress resilient. And so I think that's really helpful. Now, if somebody is very compromised, again, they their threshold level that would, would actually have a beneficial effect is lower and therefore they need less. They have to consume less in order to get some benefit from it. And if they consume too much, they're going to get a net negative effect, right? Where they're going to have perhaps more symptoms, more gut inflammation, more whole body inflammation. And so I think that's really the key there. I know it's very nuanced and you know I was using a lot of terms like threshold and stuff like that that may seem a little bit uh you know challenging to to understand but hopefully you guys understand it's really a personalization. You know, people will tell me, "Hey, I did carnivore diet and I feel great." I'm like, "Fantastic. That tells me your body probably is kind of shifted um past the center point and more into that range where we're talking about that, that individual needed less plant defense chemicals. I've also had people say, I thrive on a plant-based diet with very little meat. To me, it's surprising because I don't thrive on that diet. Um, I need more healthy animal products and, and and a certain amount of plant foods I feel great with, but not not a whole lot. And uh, but some people thrive on that. And and you know what? I say that's wonderful. And they're more on that side of the bell curve where their body is very, actually the all these plant defense chemicals are actually creating more stress resilient cells. Their microbiome is really thriving off of that. The microbiome is producing a lot of postbiotic nutrients. So everybody's different. Everybody's personalized. The key is to really try to understand how are you feeling with the diet you're consuming? How are you feeling on a regular basis? How are you responding to the foods that you're consuming? I think that's really important. And understanding how well your digestive juice production is is flowing and you know, some some level of understanding of how your microbiome, your microbiome makeup and how that is responding to the foods that you're consuming. I think just um, having, in a sense, a kinesthetic awareness, kind of you're aware of how your body, the, the messages that your body is telling you, that is so important when it comes to optimizing your health. But great question. Get, a, get that a lot on anti-nutrients and vegetables. I just want to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my new favorite products, it's Paleo Valley's turmeric complex, which contains whole food organic turmeric instead of just isolated curcumin. And we know that turmeric in the whole food form has been found to be more powerful than isolated curcumin while also containing nearly 300 other beneficial 
components. We know that turmeric is one of the best things you can do, best things you can take to shut down inflammation in your body, to support healthy blood flow and blood pressure, to support joint health, and to improve mental clarity and brain function. And so I love Paleo Valley's turmeric complex because it includes coconut oil and black pepper, which has been shown to increase the absorption of turmeric by 2000%. They also have some great warming herbs like organic ginger, rosemary, and cloves, which synergize with the turmeric to help improve brain function, help support healthy inflammatory uh, levels in the body, to help support immune function, digestion, and blood sugar. You guys can save 15% off the Paleo Valley Turmeric Complex and any of the other great products at Paleo Valley by going to paleovalley.com forward slash jockers and just go to that site, paleovalley.com forward slash jockers, no coupon code. And you will, if you go to that site, you'll automatically save 15% off any Paleo Valley products. You guys are going to love these, particularly the Turmeric Complex. So check it out today. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about my friend, Dr. Wendy Myers and her great podcast, The Myers Detox. You see, Dr. Wendy is a detox expert. And you know that I talk a lot about environmental toxins and how they're impacting our health. And while I usually focus on what goes into our bodies, it's crucial to address what needs to come out. So after this episode, take a moment and check out Dr. Wendy Myers and her show, Myers Detox. They have over 500 episodes filled with practical tips on detoxing. She simplifies complex topics, making it feel like a chat with a trusted friend who happens to be a detox guru. So search for Myers Detox on your favorite podcast platform and let the detox journey begin. Now, back to the show. Katie asks, my mother suffers with terrible migraines. What nutrients do you think she needs to improve this? So with migraines, you know, clearly there it's, you know, there, there could be a brain inflammation issue. So obviously really trying to focus on good sleep, good nutrition, all the kind of baseline things that I talk about. But on top of that, I, when I think about migraines, a couple things come to mind. First thing is magnesium. Magnesium deficiency is really, really common. And many individuals that deal with, that have a magnesium deficiency deal with migraines, headaches, tension headaches, pain in their body, um, low energy, cognition issues. And so I would get make sure she has some good high quality magnesium on board that she's taking that. And I've seen for many individuals, just taking magnesium really helps with migraines. On top of that, I've seen people with B12 deficiencies and B6 and folate deficiencies struggle with migraines and headaches. So I would look at that um, you know, you can get serum B12 uh, looked at. You can also get another marker, methyl uh, malonic acid, which looks at B12 metabolism. You can look at your homocysteine levels, which if that's high up over nine, it's telling us, okay, this individual needs more methylating agents. That's going to be B12, B6, B9. It's going to be things like choline, perhaps zinc that may be needed in there. Magnesium plays a role with that. So that's another good marker to look at. You know, so there's definitely some markers on blood that you can look at, see where the B12 levels are, and if that's playing a role. And uh, so, I, so those would be really the key nutrients, and then just reducing inflammation in general. I think about omega-3 fatty acids, things like uh, resveratrol, uh, curcumin, vitamin D to help keep inflammation under control in the brain. 
Um, I think that's super important. Quercetin also can be really, really powerful. Um, particularly quercetin with resveratrol, kind of a combination, can be really, really good for shutting down inflammation amplifying cycles like nuclear factor kappa beta in the cells. And so really getting inflammation under control, I think that's helpful in general. So that's kind of where I would start with that, Katie. Donna asks on Instagram, what are your thoughts on using xylitol or erythritol? So sugar alcohols. My thoughts are these, when I look at the research, you know, there's research out there, you know, there was like a study that said erythritol increases your risk of heart disease. And that study, I actually debunked it on this uh, podcast. I went through it in detail on one of the previous podcasts. So you can look at that. But basically, and there's also, I have a blog post where I go through it in detail. So if you just type in erythritol on drjockers.com, you'll find the podcast. You'll also find the detailed article with all the, with all the research links as well. Erythritol does not increase your risk of heart disease, right? And, and But there is a pathway in your body where if you're very metabolically inflexible and you have insulin resistance, your body itself will actually create erythritol from fructose metabolism. And so your blood, you might have higher amounts of erythritol in your blood, but that doesn't mean that it was it was from erythritol consumption. And actually erythritol consumption wasn't even tested in that study. So I think these are safe sweeteners, xylitol and erythritol. There also there are some like benefits. You'll see toothpaste that has xylitol or erythritol because they have some antimicrobial benefits, particularly you know in in the mouth using it as a toothbrush. As far as using the sweeteners, the biggest issue that many individuals have is gas and bloating. And for me, I don't I do not do well with xylitol or erythritol because I get bloated. So I can handle a certain small amount, but once I exceed a threshold, I get very bloated. I get a lot of gas, and uh, that's a sign that you know my microbiome is over fermenting. So it's not healthy. And so um, I personally do my best to avoid. I, I I'll use you know very rarely you know something will have it in there, and I can I can handle a small amount. But for the most part, my main sweetener is stevia and monk fruit. I do very well with stevia and very well with monk fruit. I don't do very well with sugar alcohols, even allulose, which is another sugar alcohol, common one, allulose. And all of these, don't they don't spike your blood sugar. They don't spike your insulin levels. They've been shown to help improve insulin resistance and blood sugar stability, but my gut does not do well with them. And so if I don't do well with something from a gut perspective, then I'm going to try to avoid it because I want to keep my microbiome as healthy, strong, and stress resilient as possible. And I don't want to overwhelm that system. That's where my immune system is. That's where my body's creating all these powerful postbiotic nutrients like, like short-chain fatty acids that reduce inflammation in my system. I want to really take care of my gut. Xylitol, erythritol, if I consume a lot of that, it really stresses my gut big time. So I'm going to avoid that. So great question, Donna. If you don't notice that, if you just feel good and you just notice that your cravings reduce, that provides kind of that sweet flavor, you feel good with it you don't get the gas and bloating, then definitely use it. With natural sweeteners in general, I do think that a lot of people go overboard, like they will consume them throughout the whole day. And I recommend taking a break, kind of like intermittent fasting, where if you're going to consume sweeteners, consume it in like a, an eight hour window, right? And then have a 16 hour window where you're not consuming any sweeteners. You're not putting you know, any stevia in your coffee, in your, you know, tea, herbal tea or anything like that. So you're in a sense depriving, you're, you're telling your brain, okay, no more of this. You know, you get a dopamine hit every time you get 
you, you consume sweeteners. And so you're telling your brain, I'm going to come off of those sweeteners and allow my dopamine sensitivity in my brain to reset. I think that's powerful. I think that's really important. If you're constantly consuming sweeteners all day long, it's like a drug addict, right? And you can develop dopamine resistance, kind of like insulin resistance, where your body stops responding as well to dopamine. And that's important because when you don't respond well to dopamine, you're at a higher risk for depression, for feeling lethargic, low energy, having low drive, you know, just kind of moping around because dopamine is your get up and go neurotransmitter. Dopamine gives us, you know, the desire to accomplish our goals, to feel pleasure, to um, go after things. You know, that's very much dopamine driven activity. And if we are burning out those dopamine receptors, we're going to feel more lazy, more lethargic. We may have depression, sadness, a lot of different mental health types types of issues. And so not what we want to do. And, and, you know, any sort of sweetener can be just as addictive as obviously sugar or as addictive as many different medicate, different, um, you know, pharmaceuticals, uh, as well as illegal drugs. So you got to be careful of that and don't, don't allow yourself to get addicted. Okay, last question here. Nancy says, do you have any products you recommend for earthing or grounding? What she means by earthing or grounding is that the ground has a healthy electromagnetic frequency. Now, when we talk about EMFs, we're usually talking about it in it from a negative perspective when it relates to our electronics because our electronics release electromagnetic frequencies that have a stressful effect on our body. They can be harmful. And that's because throughout the history of mankind, I mean, electronic EMFs, the EMFs that our computers, our cell phones are releasing are very new to mankind. We haven't had the chance to adapt and evolve to them. And so therefore they're very stressful and that stress can overwhelm our system and it depletes antioxidant reserves, creates more oxidative stress in our system, can cause more hyperactive activity in our our neurons and can cause a lot of stress in our body. So we don't want to do that. And so this is why we want to limit our exposure to a lot of these types of man-made EMFs. However, the ground itself actually has a very healthy and healing electromagnetic frequency. Trees release electromagnetic frequencies that are very healthy. We do, as people, we actually release our own electromagnetic frequency and it's healthy for us. We're used to, as, as a species, you know, we've, we've adapted and evolved around other people, right? So like, you know, when we... When we come together and we hug our child or we hug our spouse, not only are we releasing oxytocin, which is a connective hormone, but we're also actually improving our electromagnetic frequency and creating, and it creates a peaceful effect on our body. While going out and grounding our body on grass, dirt, sand, you know, going out barefoot and just getting on grass, dirt, or sand, super beneficial. It really helps to ground and reset our, our, electromagnetic frequency, which has a very peaceful and calming effect, very parasympathetic effect on our system, doesn't takes us out, can help pull us out of fight or flight. And I always say it's kind of like showering our electromagnetic field. And so for around electronics all the time, getting out, you know, once or twice a day and getting your bare feet on your grass on your front lawn uh, for let's say 10, 15 minutes can be super therapeutic. It's like, again, taking a shower and cleaning off the the old uh, electromagnetic frequency, the, 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 the harmful electromagnetic frequency from 
your electronics. So that can be really beneficial. Now, there are products also that you can do so you can have this healthy electromagnetic frequency that you can be exposed to it more often. There's grounding sheets. I'll have a link you know, in the show notes for a grounding sheet that you can get. So you can actually get a sheet that you sleep in that is plugged into the wall and the wall is plugged into a grounding rod that's outside in your grass. And it actually helps to provide a healthy electromagnetic frequency while you sleep. I think that's a great idea to have a grounding sheet. You can also get office, like I have uh, the higher dose office chair mat. And I also have their PEMF mat, which pulsed electromagnetic frequency is a form of a healthy electromagnetic frequency again to um, support your parasympathetic nervous system to reduce stress in your body. And I get on that, my wife and I get on our PEMF mat from higher dose uh, like every day, every night before we go to bed. We'll even snuggle on there. We'll pray on there before we actually go re- go into our bed oftentimes. And um, it's really there. there's a setting that helps with deep sleep. And also it, it also has infrared, which is a heating, has a heating effect and an anti-inflammatory effect. Infrared, kind of like infrared sauna or um, red light and infrared. This near infrared uh, is really good at actually getting in deep into the system and gets into the bones and just reduces inflammation and takes water and makes it into kind of a gel-like form in our in our cells, which helps with cellular communication. So they call that easy water on the fourth phase of water and infrared really impacts that. So it's a great way to help the body detoxify, heal, sleep better, reduce pain. There's a lot of great benefits to it. And you can also get an office chair, PEMF mat through higher dose as well. And I have a coupon code. I'll have a link. I have a coupon code. I believe it's just Dr. Jockers 15, DR Jockers 15, or, or just DR Jockers that you can use at higher dose and that'll get you 15% off on any of those products. But I use their office chair mat and I also use the PEMF mat every single day. And so that's helping me ground. It's helping improve my electromagnetic frequency, which gives me more energy, helps me feel younger and healthier, reduces pain in my body and reduces overall inflammation. So I think that there are some great earthing and grounding products. If you can't afford any of them, try to get out in the grass, dirt, sand, go in the forest. There's something called forest bathing where you're just out in the forest walking around and you're around all the, the trees and you're in nature. And that all of that's releasing healthy electromagnetic frequencies that help calm your body, that help reset your electromagnetic frequency and have great health benefits. So anyways, guys, hopefully... That was helpful, Nancy. Hopefully that helped address that question. You could check out the show notes for this episode for more details, including a detailed article on migraines, on uh, xylitol, erythritol, food sensitivities. You know, we'll have all that in the show notes that you can find on drjockers.com. So check that out. And uh, if you've not left us a five-star review on this on this podcast, now's the time to do it. Just go to Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to this leave us a five-star review. That really helps us reach more people and impact more lives. Thanks so much, guys. 10 years now and um, so grateful, so thankful. And thank you for being a part of this community and on this journey with me. And until next time, be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.